Welcome to the War Room, Chuki. It's a pleasure to have you here, man. Uh, you know, I could tell right off the bat before we even hit record, this was going to be a good conversation. In fact, I asked you to save it. And you're like, brother, uh, we're just getting started. You know, so that's <laughs> always a good sign. Uh, and traditionally around here, our favorite question to ask to kick things off is, do you come from a family of like entrepreneurs, business owners, creatives? No, I come from more of an academic family where, you know, my dad was a physician. Uh, my mom is uh, just recently retired as a college professor. And my older brother was a doctor as well. And, you know, so in a way, with my athletic background, I'm a bit of a black sheep, um, you know, and, and not, in this, not in a bad way, just different from the rest of the tribe. And, you know, as far as entrepreneurial mindset, you know, when you think about professional sports, each person, when you get to that level, is essentially a mercenary for hire. And you are the entrepreneur within your own career, even though you're operating in the context of a team or organization. So, you know, mentally and emotionally playing professional sports and being an entrepreneur, there's a lot of parallels. I love that. Okay. Because you were sort of hinting at this uh, when you started and you said, you know, uh, you've got this past life that you lived and now, you know, you're doing other things as a psychology professional, but you said, it's funny. It's really always been the same thing, just different vernacular for the very thing that I've always done. So it's also no mystery on this show when we've interviewed several athletes, uh, several military personnel, and we found that athletes, military personnel, and business owners, entrepreneurs, the good ones, all have a similar set of basic skills that just seem to operate as a standard for success. And when I look at the name of your company, I believe basic instructions, I'm like, I'm starting to see what you're putting down here. So I, I want to get to that place. The black sheep of the family, like in you know, in your own words there. Uh but yet, at the same time, you chose something you knew you were interested in, only to find you get to a certain level and you really are doing it like you would any business. What was it that changed for you as you achieved? Was it you achieved certain levels of success and needed more, so you explored further? Or did you always have the intention to follow through with what's historically true of your family, which is academics and professionalism in that way? You know, the specifics of what I was going to grow up to be you know, it's literally about discovering what feels right. You know, we think so much about the the logic in, in thinking about what we want to do using logic to make decisions as to what's right for us. In the end, it all comes down to how do you feel inside? What really fulfills you? Because when you find that thing that really speaks to you at a deeper level and you're able to channel that passion, that fire inside, to really build something and become something great, then it really doesn't matter specifically what you choose to do. That passion, that focus, that drive to be the best that you can is going to come through whether you decide you want to be in early education for children or you want to be a neurophysicist. Passion is passion. We're all human beings. We're emotional beings. So we want to make sure that we're aligned at all levels in terms of our thoughts, in terms of, hmm, what's the plan? What do I want to do? And at the same time, make sure that my emotions are consistent with that vision that I have for success as a professional, whatever that might be. Yeah, man, that's that's definitely getting deep. Um, for me, 
I, I want to get to that moment where you made that decision. Cause I know you said, you know, it's all about logic. So what was the moment when you were the most fired up to go for more? And you said, you know what, I've reached the level, but I feel greater. It awaits me. What was that moment for you? You know, it's when I first started on my path towards professional sports, it goes back to when I was a kid, I'm originally from Pittsburgh PA and, you know, my parents, they didn't get along. And so there was a lot of tension in the house, a lot of fighting and whatnot. And as a child, as a small kid, I felt insignificant, like I didn't matter because it was all about what was going on with the adults. So I was that kid that was always running out of the house to go play, to go play sports with my brothers and the other kids in the neighborhood. And the thing is, at home, I felt like an insignificant member of the tribe, like I didn't matter. And, you know, you contrast that with how I felt when I was playing sports outside, all of a sudden, I was not only an accepted member of the tribe, but I was a leader. I was valued. I was someone who people looked up to and relied on. And that made me feel love for me. I loved myself when I was playing sports. And that feeling is what made me make the decision at age seven that that's where I'm going. That's what I want to do. As long as I can feel this way, the rest of my life, you know, I'm seven years old. I think I can play sports the rest of my life. But if I could feel this way to master my life professionally, well, then life will be perfect. And that was my thought process. And it took me all the way to Purdue University and brought me back home as a draft pick for the Steelers. So yeah. now, you know, now that I'm done with sports, you know, obviously at seven years old, I didn't know what I didn't know. So now I'm done with sports and you know, a lot of times when people are going through professional transitions, whether you're transitioning out of the military or, you know, first responder, a police officer or a professional athlete, your, your mind has been trained to approach your job in a certain way. And so all of a sudden, I don't have that same aim anymore. There's no game on Sunday. But that passion is still there. You know, it's like I got to do something with this. Where, where else can I channel this that's going to give me that same feeling of love enabling me to make a similar impact, if not a greater impact than what I did in sports. Now, there's a lot of pomp and circumstance around professional sports. The Super Bowl is a shiny thing. You know, you know, you got Rihanna at the halftime show. You've got, you know, Tom Brady's name is now synonymous with that. And that's all great. No disrespect to any of those people or to the NFL itself. But the thing is, the, we can make a deeper impact in people's lives by influencing leaders to really, really channel that passion and to speak life into the people that follow them, whether that be CEOs, whether that be, you know, military leaders, politicians, parents who are going to be able to transfer that passion, transfer that knowledge and wisdom to the people that are looking up to them, whether it be their teams, their employees or their children. And that's really where I saw, hmm, how can I leverage this experience of becoming a world champion in my hometown at that? and show other people how to get their specific desired result in their life and career the same way I did. Yeah, man. All the notes that I was given earlier are starting to come together. All the leadership training and executive coaching. Like I'm starting to see it now, man. And it, it, the way you speak really does deliver the sort of like it, your essence can't be escaped whenever you speak. And it's something that comes through clearly. And I can see why you went into the leadership uh, arena for things. Uh, before I go any further, I want to turn it over to Jason because I know he's loving the story. It's hard not to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting because I, I typically don't ask questions, but I have one like <laughs> burning in my brain right now. And that is, 
it's so go back to when you were seven and you thought athletics was it, right? That's, that's what you wanted to do. Right. Cause I was that way when I, with the military, right. You know, all that stuff. And I knew I wanted to be a professional soldier. That's what I wanted to do. Right. But I grew up in an entrepreneurial family too. So it was like, I want to do that too. Right. Mm -hmm. Did you have, uh, I guess the question is, is at what point did you have an epiphany that you wanted to be a business owner too? Did it overlap? Did it parallel? Because um, I think it's an important question that the audience can glean from a professional athlete. I think the biggest thing is recognizing that I like to be the master of my fate, the captain of my soul. You know, mm. whatever happens, win, lose, or draw, whether I make $50,000 a year or $50 million a year, I feel good when I rely on me. And, and so that was really my thought process growing up was I couldn't see myself holding a job beyond professional sports. Other than that, it was, okay, I'll do this job because that's where my passion lies. From there, it's like my ideas, you know, the things in my imagination, my dreams, my fantasies, not just in terms of money and, and all of the you know, material wealth, but in terms of what do I want my day-to-day -to, -day to feel like? What do I want my family to be like? What do I, how do I want life to feel to me? And when you make the decision to bring your original thoughts, your original, whether you acquire a business or you start one, because I've done both. It, when you do that, you become the master of your own little piece of the universe. And so win, lose, or draw, you know, my quality as a leader my emotions, my behaviors, my decisions, all of that are going to add up to whatever impact I make in other people's lives and in, in, in the world, whether that be my own children, which I don't have yet, but it's not for lack of trying. And, or, you know, if I'm dealing with people in my community, you know, or dealing with people in the global community, when you think about it from a military standpoint, it's all really the same thing. These are all just, you know, what I'll call it chunk down details of what we do, whether you decide to apply your passion and your vision as a, as a soldier, someone who saves people, you know, or first responder, or you decide to be this Superman, you know, linebacker or defensive back. You want to be Deion Sanders or Rod Woodson. Regardless, you're bringing the best of you to whatever you do and let that be the defining characteristic of whatever you create as a professional in your life. It was beautiful. Yeah. Well said. Well said. There's just this quality to you, man, that um, only word I can use to describe it is sharp. Right. That's really like, that's like, I, cause I was searching for the term and I'm not usually at a loss for that, but sharp is this term. And like, you just seem ready, I guess, was the second second best option, right? Now, this all comes from sort of the work that you do. So if I may, while it's one thing to sit there and have your programs and whatever you run people through your process for when you're doing work external to yourself, I believe mm -hmm. the power lies in what you do internally even since then. And you gave me a glimpse of it where you told us about the story of how you felt at home and then you went out to play. And truly started to become, see yourself as a leader in that tribe out there. Mm -hmm. And you sort of 
pick that up and it's very like rousseau some of rousseau's early writings in terms of like the way that that level of the the history of admiration if you will right there was this thing that happened now now moving forward years later how do you keep yourself sharp and keep yourself ready i know it's a broad question but i i believe when I listen to you speak, you have something to say about that. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. See, in order to affect what's going on around you in a positive way, you have to first and foremost address what's going on within you. And that's the simple, that's the, the succinct way of describing what, you know, my, my answer to your question. Think about it like this. Each one of us as human beings we have a physical body. We all got a physical body, whatever our genetics has you know, bestowed upon us. One thing most people aren't aware of is that there's actually, you actually have four bodies, the physical being one of them. And so you think about it like this, think about your four bodies, like a totem pole, like it's like a pole. And at the top, you have your spiritual body. That's the part of you you know, that's connected to your higher power or connected to the co collective consciousness, the rest of the world. Then you have your mental body, which is your conscious mind, your thoughts, the part of the logical part of who we are. Really, the mental body, the ability to analyze and interpret things, to come up with new ideas and to be, be able to express them is the only characteristic we as humans have that separates me from my dog is the ability to consciously think. Then you have your third body, your emotional body. That's like what you, some people will call the subconscious or unconscious mind. The emotional body is the part of you that's everything's automatic. It's instinct. It's, it's the part that's exactly the same as my dog. We're both mammals, right? And then the last body is the physical body. So in order to really get to where you want to be. And when I say where you want to be, it's not a geographical location. It's a state of, it's a mental and emotional state. When you're getting where you want to be, you're going to need all four bodies to be aligned. All four. You know, sometimes people feel like I'm doing everything right. Why are my relationships not turning out the way I want them to be? Why, why am I having trouble finding a mate? Why am I having trouble communicating with my teenage kids? Why can't I motivate my team? Well, you're doing everything right. You, 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 you know, listening to Tony Robbins, you, you're taking all of the different seminars. And from there, that's great, but you're only feeding the mental body. What if the issue that's preventing you from getting what you want is a mental one, is a, excuse me, is an emotional one, but you keep looking in the wrong body and wondering, hmm, why can't I get ahead? Why can't I? I'm doing everything right. Why isn't this working? And the thing is, it goes back to when I was in the NFL. And there's so much wisdom I learned and so many great people. What a great life-changing experience it was to play football for my hometown and to play for coaches like Bill Coward, a person I looked up to as a child. And it was something he said to us the year that we won the Super Bowl. See, going into that 2005 season, we were the favorites to win the Super Bowl. If you go to Wikipedia and say, okay, who won the Super Bowl in 2005? It's going to say Pittsburgh Steelers. However, it doesn't tell you the story, and you won't know it if you weren't there and you didn't live it. Now, 
in the middle of that season, we lost three consecutive games. If we lose one more, we can't even make the playoffs, let alone win a championship. So all of a sudden, you can imagine people like, what is going on? This isn't supposed to be happening. And people are feeling panicked. They're afraid, not knowing what the future is going to bring. So I envisioned Coach was going to come in and really tear us a new one for not playing up to our potential. But what this man said in that meeting after that third loss changed my perspective on what it takes to get what you want in life. And it changed it forever. So he comes in, puts his book down, stands up in front of the group, and he says, guys, when you think about where you are right now in this season, realize that you don't know what you don't know. And believe it or not, it's what you don't know that you don't know that's running the show right now called your career and your life. So think about this for a moment. Since you don't know what you don't know, how do you know what you believe you do know is right? Don't answer me now. Just relax and consider what I'm saying. You don't know what you don't know. And think about this for a moment, guys. When you find yourself in a crisis, what you believe to be a crisis, a difficult situation, a roadblock, an obstacle, you feel like Dorothy did when she landed in Oz. And she believed there was no way. She didn't have the power to get herself home. I, I can't do it. Who's going to save me? How many times... Do we see other people or have found ourselves in that same mindset? But think about the movie. I'm a, I imagine you've seen it. I, I moved here to Kansas City about five years ago, and I met people here who haven't seen it. Kind of weird, but that's not you guys. <laughs> so check this out. She believes she couldn't get home, but recognizing this moment that all she was missing was one piece of information, what she didn't know she didn't know. And so when you find yourself in that situation, what I do is I ask myself, hmm, what do I not know that if I did would make this whole situation look different to me? What are the basic instructions of the power that I already have, the resources I already have? That's all Dorothy was missing was basic instructions. And obviously, that's not the way Bill Cowher told the story. But that's the point I got from what he was saying. It's only a crisis if you say so. Instead of panicking, what if you got curious and start searching for that missing piece. That if I just knew this one thing, everything I want, that Super Bowl championship is mine. That's what basic instructions is all about. And no matter what you're doing as a business leader, as a CEO, as an entrepreneur, as a parent, a mother, a father, when you find yourself feeling like Dorothy, it makes sense to ask, hmm, what are the basic instructions that I need to, to change this situation? And that's really it. So simple too, right? Isn't that so simple to like step back and take a complex problem and, and just be able to, what are the basic instructions, right? Mm -hmm. And, and in the military, we call them troop leading procedures. That's what we call them, right? They're basic instructions, right? That if, you know, up to the highest level commander down to the lowest level troop, mm -hmm. if you follow those troop leading procedures, those instructions, that are given every day, every hour, before every mission, before it, one bullet flies or before anything, you follow those basic set of instructions. Mm -hmm. Everything else should line itself up properly, right? Does it always? No, but I mean, there's <laughs> factors that, you know, I mean, oh, well, here comes a, here comes an RPG rocket. Well, that threw a little little linchpin that's like losing three games right so it's the same thing it's just a different narrative 
So losing the three games is like that rocket that came in and disrupted everything. Right. Mm -hmm. So now you have to pivot instructions. Right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so the thing is, when you look at it in the in the military context, see, I'm not that tough. I've never done anything like that. But <laughs> here's the thing: if you stick to those basic instructions, when something that you don't want to happen comes into your reality, if you stick to the basic instructions, you'll know what to do. You'll know what mm-hmm. to do. And so, and so, like, well, what if something goes wrong? I'll know what to do if I stick to the basic instructions. Therefore. There's nothing to be afraid of. There's nothing because whatever happens, if I stick to the instructions, I can handle it. I can get through it. I'm not the first. We're not the first branch of the armed forces that somebody fired at. <laughs> and people came out of that. So we can come out of it. And, and so and, and it's only a problem if I tell a story other than what I just said. And I'm in control of that. I'm in control of the story. I'm in control of the narrative in my mind. There's nobody in here but me, right? That's so, so true, man. Like in particular in business, even in a down economy, people will be like, oh, what am I going to do? Clients aren't even showing up anymore. Okay, what's the most basic thing someone in business is supposed to do? Get on the phone, meet with people. That's <laughs> like, and believe me, nobody knows this more than me. I'm telling you, uh, yeah, basic instructions and and how that is more effective than any story you might be telling yourself. I I love this conversation, man. I mean, this day has really just been hitting hard from the jump, and I'm really grateful for it because with this show, part of the mission is to be able to help people uh, find out what they don't know that they don't know, right? Exactly. Exactly. And and we're basically giving them the alley oop on that and saying, "Yo, here you go, we set mm-hmm. it up, shoot and score." And I I can't think of a better way to do that than an episode like the one that we're having right now. So mm-hmm. if you had a bottom line, like bottom line, this is my advice to people. Bottom line, this is it right here. What's it going to be? Bottom line is this: to be enlightened, it's not enough. You have to apply that wisdom. To be willing to take the necessary actions, that's not enough. You have to actually do it. And so the big thing is nowadays with so many, you know, thought leaders and influencers and, you know, people putting out different books and all kinds of, you know, masterclasses and whatnot, that's great. And those are very valuable resources that can help you expand your consciousness, expand your mental body, your knowledge, and really help you become more enlightened. But if you go to a seminar, and you sit there, you get all hyped up, or forget, even at Tony Robbins event, because people get excited. They come out of there, they feel empowered. That's great. But once you leave, if you just go back into the same thought strategies, the same pattern of behavior, the same pattern of day to day, being enlightened is not enough. It's not enough. That's the biggest roadblock for 98% of people in this world. Yeah, I read all the books. I, I did all the seminars, landmark, and all those and all those very brilliant, brilliant ways to realign inside and realign your mind and your heart. But then just because they're enlightened doesn't mean they're applying it. And if you really are serious about it, you want to get to that Super Bowl level. That's where what I do with basic instructions as as a mental and emotional discipline coach and a leadership development trainer. If you're serious and you really want to change and get that Super Bowl level. It's time to follow basic instructions. 
Yeah, man. <laughs> what a no, beautiful tie-in. What a yeah. beautiful tie-in. No, man, it's, it's powerful <laughs> stuff. And again, uh, just because it's simple doesn't mean it's easy, right? A lot of people, again, will hear that and then be like, why can't I do this? Well, because it's not your mental body you're worried about. Like you said, there's four different bodies. Have you yeah. been eating? Have you been like eating right, sleeping right, moving at all? <laughs> right? Yeah. Life is not linear. It's quantum. It's quantum. It's not straight. It's not a straight line all the time. And so because it's quantum, recognize that in your career, in your life, you're either spiraling upwards or circling the drain. There's no there's no in between. Man, that's the title right there. <laughs> that's it. It's like you're you're spiraling one way or the other. And when you get to that point, just like you said, where you're asking, hmm, why can't I do it? Why don't you reach out to me? And let's explore what it is that you feel like Dorothy about that you can't do. I'm not smart enough. I'm not brave enough. Let me show you that you are and how you can easily learn to click three times and go back to Kansas. Tell them, man. Tell them. <laughs> I love this, man. Listen, um, right now is the perfect time to go ahead and give a shout out to uh, one of the companies that made an episode in a conversation like this possible. We have a super limited closed set of people that have been able to make it possible for us to keep having conversations like this. And one of those is a company by the name of Sharing the Credit with Will Black. And uh, essentially every time somebody's swiping a credit card or a debit card and they're paying your business, uh, the bank takes a fee. Right now, what people don't know is that legally you as the business owner can direct where that fee goes instead of to the bank. You can have it legally go to a charity of your choosing. And most people who run businesses don't know this. So sharing the credit with Will Black will actually help you get that accomplished if that's where your heart lives. And all you have to do is go to sharingthecredit.com. And you can do that. Or if you prefer a phone call, it's 877-201-7215. And they can get you set up so that you can double, triple the impact that you're doing already, probably, with your business. Uh, that being said, let's get back to what we were talking about, Chucky, because it's been a very powerful, and it, the word for it is intentional. That's what it was I was looking for. Earlier, we were talking about sharp, talking about ready. What it actually has been is intentional. There is intention behind what you do. And I think that is really where the heart of the matter is. We've got your bottom line, right? For me, I think it's time to hit the big question. The one that we always love to know. If we could take a moment to reflect on everything that we just talked about today from your journey and the way it felt growing up, because I was that way too, believe it or not, that whole, I, I never understood why I was always outside instead of home until the way that you put it the way you did, which is funny. Uh, it's ironic that I couldn't put that together, even though that's exactly how I felt and why I loved being out there. There was a feeling of significance that was really important. Uh, all the way to where you are now, you, you know, you, you've had success that people only dream of, mm -hmm. right? And then you continue to push that further and now help others find that same level of success to find their higher levels. If you could have invited anybody dead or alive to hear this story today, who would you have invited and why them specifically? I would invite Obi Okobi. It's my older sister. And she passed away in 2017. And she was the most brilliant human being I've ever known. I mean, when we were kids, you know, she was 
perfect. All my friends wanted to date her. I mean, she was perfect grades, everything so brilliant. And you might, you're going to think I'm lying, but I would never. She don't, she didn't play video games with us. But one day she jumped on Tetris and I didn't know anyone could beat that game. She beat it the first time she played it. That's how brilliant this woman was. And the thing is, she passed away unexpectedly, very accomplished in the education field. She was a school principal. And I just realized after she passed that she didn't realize how I saw her, that she like, just like Dorothy, she did have everything she needed to get exactly what she wanted. And that's a lot of the motivation behind why I empower people to really determine what what is your Super Bowl level result. Football was my path. Maybe sports has nothing to do with your path. That doesn't mean you can't create a life and a career that gives you those butterflies that feeling of excitement in your stomach that makes your pulse race, your breath shallow, and you hear your heart beating in your ears. You see those things now. A life that brings you to levels of pleasure, satisfaction, and fulfillment that feels so right. It almost feels wrong. And I know that if I was in a position to share these basic instructions with her back then, that she'll probably still be with us. Regardless, she's still with me, always. But she would still be here for the rest of the world to cherish and enjoy. So, man, Obi, wow! Thank you for sharing that, man. Uh, it means so much to me that you—it's like Jason says, right? You really left it all on the field today, and uh, and I really appreciate that because that means you came here to serve, you know. And not everybody Absolutely. does that. So that's my final and closing thoughts. But it is tradition around here for Jason to close us out. So I'm going to turn the floor over to him. But man, thank you. Yeah. Wow. What an amazing conversation, you know, and that's the beauty of the show is, man, we get to talk to some amazing people and not anything to do with the star luster of things, right? Just fantastic people right in here, right? Because in my mind, that's the most important thing, right? Our life like takes us in the direction that we're supposed to go right? Do we influence that some? Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? But life always tends to run us through the path that it wants to run us through. And because I do believe there is something far greater than ourselves that does push us in the direction that pulls every talent, every piece, all those things out of us to make us our most authentic and our most, our best self, right? And for some, maybe that's sports. For others, that's running a hair salon or, you know, uh, running a car dealership or, or running a consulting firm or whatever that might be. And, you know, I appreciate you taking the time to share your story um, with us and how that just connects to most people's lives. Because I always say all of our lives are the same. It's just a different narrative, right? Um, it's just a little tweaked path. But if you put us all on a, a storyboard, you'd be able to connect certain dots with probably almost everybody at some point in their life. Because mm-hmm. um, it's interesting. When I was a kid, I grew up in a, in a home where there was abuse and things like that. And I spent my whole life outside. I was never inside. Well, for one, there was nothing to do inside. But, but I spent my whole life outside, 
So isn't that interesting how you get that trifecta right here? Um, mm -hmm. Just in us three people right here, how that ended up being such a connecting dot. Yeah. So anyway, thank you so much for being here. You know, time is always important. It's something you can't get back. And thank you for taking the time to be here with us and share your story with our community um, and become a part of ours. All right. Well, I appreciate you guys having me. And if there's anything I can do for you guys or anybody listening, just reach out and let me know. Absolutely, man. I, Chuki, thank you so much, man. It's been a pleasure. All right. All Thank right. you. Cheers. All right.